0: And welcome back to another episode of Weekly Brain Dump, the podcast where we talk about everything and nothing. I am finally back from my little trip in Italy and Greece. I'm back home. It feels great. It's cold outside, <laughs> it's really <laughs> sad. I had a terrible summer. Uh, I feel like I came back whiter than I was before I went to Greece.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great honestly like i'm my my standing desk um basically my office is in a quite part of our living room, and I have a window right outside and there is a wonderful sunset right now so i'm I'm doing great also I'm quite hyped for um my iPhone to arrive on Friday. We talked about it last episode. I couldn't hold back i mean I ordered one let's see
0: i mean i I, I get it the thing is like i when we talked about it last week, it's it was the first time I really started thinking about it. And I mean, what we're talking about right now is the whole privacy regulation. If Apple's, you haven't listened um, to that,
1: go back to last week's episode. And- go,
0: but basically, we talk about uh, A- Apple implementing the privacy feature that they will scan through your pictures or go through your pictures to uh, see if there are, are any signs of pedophilia or like... Ca- pictures of like children or like sexual ch- child abuse anyways um and so there was like kind of a bigger debate and we were thinking about if we would keep you know uh, supporting app products
1: yep exactly because our privacy um, concerns but i just like my i can't call anyone so i need a phone and like if they implement it next year i can just get a different phone and sell it right so it's whatever.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like let's be honest, it looked pretty cool. Um yeah. and the features yeah. are quite nice. Especially in, in comparison to your phone. It's it's up Yeah, quite I mean in comparison you have to a an broken iPhone phone right that's not working and, and you can't and call anyone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, it feels great. Like I have the iPhone twelve yep. pro and it feels amazing in your yeah, hands. Yeah, so for, for the for uh, the screen.
1: For the screen, like 120 hertz screen, that will be cool. But yeah, what have you been up to? Um you just came back, I think right. you didn't do much.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't done much here at least. I gotta be honest. Like today was also like a huge day of just procrastination and <laughs> doing nothing. But I, I had a, a wonderful time in Italy. I uh, it was absolute relaxation. I, I I also like did some work for for my app for mm-hmm. one hundred questions. I saw that, video. Uh, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, you saw a, a first preview of like my newest update. Um, exactly. Um I'm I'm really happy with it. It's um uh, I'm getting along very well like I'm making like good progress. So there is a chance that by the end of next week I will be done with the update. Um
1: crazy. Yeah, we'll see.
0: I I don't want to promise anything, but if uh, I I should find the time like next week and to like finish what I want to finish mm-hmm. and so the big difference also that like this time I structured the tasks a lot better than I did in the past and yeah. so I feel like I'm making a lot better progress makes sense but yeah apart from that uh I was hanging out a lot I was uh, I, I I went to I went to Florence once with my cousin and like we went to like this nicer rooftop bar we wanted to get a drink and and there was nobody and like we were like alone at first and then we wanted to order something and I spot someone at like at the end of the you know the room or like the floor and so like I I called them to me like I'm like yeah I'd like to order and then like I take a closer look (laughs) and I saw there was a customer
1: (laughs) a classic one a classic I was was, like
0: literally dying and so I was like fuck me this guy was like dude what are you on from me
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, actually, the, the, this this woman, it was like. And, <laughs> Uh, so, so embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that happened Fuck to
1: it. everyone. Fuck so fucking, like, fucking to. It really. There's probably no no person on earth that hasn't uh, had that to any. To, like to, to some be, extent. To
0: be fair, to be fair, it happened to me too. Like in the sense that, like, someone asked me before I, I went to, yeah, go to the bathroom, and someone uh, was like, "Hey, uh, could you come here for a second I was like, "Yeah, sure. What's up?" <laughs> They're like, "So we'd like to have uh, gin sour and whiskey." <laughs> like, sorry, uh, <laughs> well, I don't work actually. here. <laughs> But it, it can be fun like, on, to be on the other end of yeah, the table, actually. 100%. <laughs> because, <laughs> That's because, more yeah, fun. Sound, like, <laughs> really embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, oh, and there was like this other story. I don't want tell So basically, um, there's this g- girl we know that she works in a pharmacy. And my grandmother, she went to that pharmacy because she had to check her blood pressure. hmm uh and she didn't recognize that girl technically like she's a family friend everybody knows her but i I don't know she didn't recognize her and and she had like a huge blood pressure it was like 180 or something like that (laughs) and uh and and, like this girl goes to my grandma like what's up with your blood uh, pressure it's like really high and my grandmother goes like yeah i know like i just fought with my husband just give me 10 (laughs) minutes and it'll be fine (laughs)
1: Did she like take uh, it again or was it like, did she actually like take the blood pressure again or was it just like? Yeah,
0: I, I think she waited for like five minutes and it <laughs> dropped. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least she uh, saw That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh yeah, for for today like uh we fucked some things up. <laughs> there were like I wouldn't say we. It was, we. Um, <laughs> it was no, actually no, me. I, yeah, it was you. It was you. But like I was nice about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No. So basically for today like the we had a certain topic in mind, and for next week it should have been uh our favorite like either coding tools or like technical tools. Um, well. One of us prepared both of the both of the things that should have been prepared. One of us didn't. So I, I uh, might coding have read the message here and there. <laughs> so. Coding tools. It is for this week. Uh, I I would have liked to have a little bit more prep uh, because I just wrote some things down like a week ago or something. Uh, but it's okay. It's um, Constantine will have to say a little bit more. Yeah, this week, but that's absolutely fine. Uh, so the way we wanted to do this, I thought that you could just start exactly because I think I we'll have one more, and then
1: we can just like switch and yeah, go exactly. back and forth. We'll just yeah. go one by one. Yeah. So I'm actually starting with, um, for me, that's a no brainer, but uh, the terminal or the command prompt you use it if you're a developer or if you're even a computer science student, probably you use it a lot to install like packages use git or whatever i use it a lot to create files manage folders move files and whatever so for me personally it's really really important to have a customizable and well-working command prompt or shell and um, i used z shell and fish which are uh, both uh, unix shells and they can be used as command interpreter or like the script and i used both i liked both um Basically, the main difference between them is: C shell is really, uh, really similar to Bash. Um, Fish has a little bit different syntax because they, Fish devs actually, or like, thought that the Bash uh, syntax is quite crap. And yeah, like basically, Z shell. I am currently using it because it ships with macOS since a few versions. I think it's the default uh, command prompt and. Um, or like shell in uh, macOS, and also it's widely used, and it's more similar to Bash. That's why I switched from uh, Fish to Bash. And yeah, there are also like I'm just uh, there are some like plugin managers. It's called Oh My Fish. Um, you can install plugins, themes, whatever, and it also exists on uh, zsh. Uh, so I think those is is really really important for me personally.
0: By the way, like if we're at the topic of you know shells uh one of the i I don't know if you've experienced the same issue yet uh but one of the worst things is is when you work with some server that you're not hosting Mm -hmm. for example if it's like some uh, uni server it's an experience i made at least um you can't you don't choose a shell first of all and second of all you have zero admin rights yep so to get like, anything working is the biggest pain in the ass because whatever you want to install, you have to first send out a request, yep. Like send out like, an actual email so that like, they might install like, the packages <laughs> you want. And then it's still not going to yep. work. It's constantly like pseudo commands don't work. Um, and apart from that, it's not like that you can just say, you know, I, I, I'd like to work with, in your case, like fish or Shell. I, I always work with Shell for example. Do you also use um, all my
1: zsh? do you use all my zsh like the plugin manager for themes plugins and some like built-in uh
0: no i'm 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 actually fine with uh like what do i have like so far i i mean i what the only thing i use like i can get back to that like in a second but um point being it's it's like you can feel (laughs) very lucky when you like you host your own stuff and like when you work with your own shell but the moment you start working with any kind of uh, external shell, the whole customization uh, is actually not an option anymore, unfortunately.
1: But yeah, for me, I always go down this rabbit hole. I customize everything, colors, uh, auto suggestions, and all that stuff. And one little uh, funny uh, fun fact, though, the name Z-Shell actually comes from uh, the professor of the guy, like it was a Princeton student who developed it in 1990, and ZSH actually was the login of his professor. And he thought that's fitting for a shell
0: Oh, for real, I don't know that. that's really <laughs> <Yeah>. cool <laughs> anyways, talking of like uh command lines and like downloading stuff through the command line, um one of my favorite tools and like the an absolute must for any Mac user uh, for the Linux It would uh anyway coming to Linux in a second uh, homebrew it's uh it's a great package manager to like install any kind of packages or like even apps programs um what makes it so great is that like whatever you install through there like simply through the command uh brew update or brew brew install brew upgrade you can update all of your apps um and that automatically and that makes it very easy. For Linux it would be APT, for example. And depending on like whatever you're w- you're working with, like for Python it would be Pip, or I don't know if you're working with um uh, I don't know you could also use NPM for like JavaScript yeah. like frameworks. And one of my absolute favorite uh packages is uh wget uh which is a great tool to install anything from the internet if like there's a bigger PDF for example that you want to install you can just do it through the command line um, and like just put in like the link to the pdf yep. or i don't know like pdf is quite small but uh i don't know any yeah, no, so you don't, package, you don't you know. install it but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah probably not uh but you know that yeah. but that's uh that's definitely one of my favorite tools and also very very important for anybody that works in the field of machine learning mm-hmm. when you have to install any kind of bigger data set uh, it makes it a lot easier to just do it within uh, a Jupyter notebook.
1: Did, did it also fuck you up? They uh, changed the cask syntax? Because like at the beginning, when I started using it, I think it always was brew install cask, and then the uh, actually cask, and now it's just brew install. And I always type cask. <laughs> I still type cask, and then it always says, oh, program cask, no, 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 couldn't be found. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> for the
0: 200th time, bro. No, I... I But that's quite old, actually.
1: Yeah, it's like two years, three years, four years, maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember. No, I got used to it, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm just that stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's your next one?
1: Yeah, my next one is actually not a coding tool. I also included some just tools in here to spice it up a little bit. Um, It's a tool called Research Rabbit, and they describe themselves as Spotify for papers. So the basic idea is that you add a quote-unquote, playlist of uh, research you've already done. Let's say 12 papers about dogs or something. And then they create a recommendation based on your playlist, like similar to Spotify. It gives you a personalized digest, like weekly, daily. It gives you visu- visualization. It gives you co- collaboration possibilities. And the best thing, um, I talked about Obsidian and Zotero in a, a previous previous episode. It's basically just how I manage all my uh, incoming oh, third episode by the way he still knows that Mm. massive so yeah if you're interested in that go back i will also link it in the show notes basically it allows you to also export a .bib file um, with all the research you found and you can straight up import that into uh, zotero which is a citation tool and where you can also collab and uh, collect from the browser and so on and so on. So Research Rabbit is super super cool. If you have a, a paper and you want to know more in those in, in this field, you can go by the authors, co-authors, uh, similar topics. It's literally like Spotify for papers. And yeah, I can really recommend that.
0: Okay, wow, well, that's uh, really cool. By the way, uh, when we talk about papers or like BibTeX in general, there's uh, you, and you ever need. A non-Bibtex format, like from Bibtex, go to bibtex.online. Uh, it's a great Bibtex online converter. Okay. So that you can get any kind of format like yep. APA. It's good if you like do presentations, for mm-hmm. example, and you need to, you know, cite your whatever
1: citations. Uh, yeah. I think we'll also link that. <clears throat> so, yeah, we everything's can linked. Linked that. I have we'll, the links yeah, prepared we'll, so we can just. We're link definitely everything.
0: linking everything. Yes, yeah. for sure.
1: So, what's your next
0: thing? My next thing, um, I coding tool. Yeah, it's, it's it's a big word in this sense. Uh, it's Visual Studio Code, short VSC. Uh, in it's my personal and a lot of other people's favorite IDE. I chime in there.
1: Uh, favorite code editor,
0: and it, for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, the fact that and like you you've said that before. Like you like to customize your things and particular by look like in this sense like you're even more extreme than me yep (laughs) but (laughs) for sure uh point is that vsc has a million different color themes that you can install that other people have created in the past and that you can simply install for free and it's it it can just look incredibly beautiful it's super fast also Um, and but like the probably the most impo- interesting thing about VSC is their extensions that you can install. Um, so these extensions can be pretty much anything. They can be, for example, extensions for file types. For example, um, one thing that I work with a lot are Xcode project files. So for Xcode project files are for iOS apps. And they're usually the files when you do any kind of merge request that might cause merge conflicts. Um, these files are pretty huge though, so it's quite hard to go through them and to understand you know, where you need to change what to avoid the, the conflict. Um, and I found like some great extensions f- simply for that that parses the, this file so that it's much better to read or like much easier to read. Uh, same thing also goes, for example, if you work in machine learning, you probably work with Jupyter Notebooks before, um, like they have great extensions for that too, so that those files are, are properly uh, formatted. Um, same goes also for like, you know, if you have like some JSON file, but it's not prettified already then you have like there's prettified json Um, anyways all of these extensions are great and they can be incredibly helpful for uh, your development process another great thing is if you've ever worked with python environments you can easily set up an environment or like select an already created environment and therefore, you can also access all your installed packages. So within, you know, your editor, like you can, if you import a package, um, it already shows the package. It doesn't underline it with red or something. Uh, but like it only shows you or gives you like the actually the the packages that you actually installed within that environment. Um, and finally, it has an incredibly developer-friendly API, which I'm always yeah. a very big fan of. Uh for example, there's one amazing YouTuber called Ben Award. Uh he created a million different um extensions, such of which like some that were like more of meant as a joke, but like just so that you know what what it can do, like he created Tinder for VSC <laughs> where basically everybody could like just share a piece of code. And that would be basically <laughs> their kid pick Tinder profile picture or like their VSC yeah. Tinder profile picture. Or he also did like stories for VSC where uh, you would be able to share like yeah. you know your your code as a story, and like you could scroll through your code and that would be a story. Anyways, like he did like really cool stuff, and these extensions like could include literally anything, yeah. and I I I think that's amazing. Uh, um, what microsoft did there
1: i also want to add a little bit there because i'm also a massive visual studio code fan like i i tried it when it was in the beta and i lo- like fell in love before that i used atom and i think you um, mentioned some great examples and they were quite in depth so i think for a more um more broader approach it's just a code editor that can be Basically, it could be a plain text editor if you want to, but it can also be a really, really in-depth IDE. So you can basically plug in what you need. You can customize it. It has great Git integration. GitLens is a wonderful plugin that makes it even better. It has great capabilities to launch local server development environments. And it's just like, honestly, straight up, even if you just... Edit some files here and there, which are raw text, or just writing notes in Markdown. It's awesome. It's just the best.
0: Yeah, Uh, I have nothing to add. In particular, actually, the Git implementation—that's something I totally forgot about, which is
1: amazingly done. It's so good. It's so good, and it's funny. Like it—it seems like we really prepared our topics today. But we didn't because I straight have a I have the matching one, like my next tool is also about uh visual studio code um it's a a plugin or a theme that also exists in other in other um code editors, but I use it in Visual Studio code because I also use it um and it's the i u theme um it looks gorgeous and I love it, and I just basically uh used that as a proxy for talking about uh what Nico already mentioned. I am all in customization. Like if my stuff looks default and it's really bad, I can't use it. Literally in um, the second semester or something, we had uh, a functional programming language, which was super annoying. It's Racket. And they have this shitty code editor, which is called Dr. Racket, where they have three or four themes, which are garbage. And I literally took a whole day to learn the API and write a color theme. <laughs> <laughs> For this shitty editor, I will never use again. Just so I don't have to look at it. So yeah, Dude, Visual in, Studio in Code, your, great.
0: In, in our first semester, they forced us to use Eclipse. Oh yeah, which that's... by the way is by far. Fo- I, I will never ever in my entire life understand people that decide to Same. use Eclipse. I, it's just I I don't understand it. it. It's so ugly, and there are tons of editors that are so much better. Like. Why don't you use IntelliJ? Honestly, there yeah. is IntelliJ right there. If you, if you have to code for students Java, also. use fucking... Exactly, use IntelliJ. My God, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand.
1: But, but it's it, like the same weirdos that only code in their command line, right? That write their code in <laughs> nano or like that, Vim and, and they're that like... use
0: Vim, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're not a programmer know, if you don't write well, in a console. I mean, technically you can like... I mean vim is basically if you use the if if you don't know if you use the terminal uh you can type in vim and like open any text file yep. Or like any file actually, and then it your terminal becomes a text editor. Yeah. But I mean, you can't use your mouth, so like you have to like you know scroll through with like go th- with the uh, with arrow keys. You have to go through the code. No, but
1: but actually, the, Vim thing. is super super powerful. I learned it you like can be to very navigate the code. You there's nothing better than Vim. Don't get me wrong. And I sometimes use a little bit of the syntax also in Visual Studio Code because there's a plugin for it and also in Obsidian. If you can use Vim, you're Really, really fast jumping around in code, but I think you you get the general idea. There's always those weirdos that use something just to to use it. They're, they're, I'm pretty sure they say they they know themselves that it's trash. They just won't switch because they said it's better twenty years ago. And they're like it's still better. I'm gonna use it. I I think I don't
0: even think that they think it's better. I think they. It, no, no, they're aware. So the fact that shit. No, they, they they believe that they're kind of cool. Yeah. Or exactly. they, they believe to be <laughs> yeah. better just because they work with Vim yeah. or something like that. They use shitty uh, tools,
1: that's why they were better,
0: <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's I, I remember like in especially like the first year or two of uh, of uni we had like some weirdos always sitting in the front, that were always working with their terminal, but I mean, they weren't doing anything. They were just installing certain extensions so that <laughs> the 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 text would have like uh, rainbow colors or something yeah. like that. Wow. that. That's all they would do. Or like, I, it felt like they would like just keep entering like their file system and like yep. then going back. So cd <laughs> and yeah. then like cd Hecker dot man. dot to like <laughs> go back. And then they felt like the biggest hackers. It, it was just pathetic. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm next, right? Yeah, 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 it's your right. turn again. <laughs> it's my turn, yeah. Okay, my uh, third and also my last tool is, um, again, something for people that work in machine learning. And if you work in machine learning, you probably already know it. It's Google Collab. Uh, basically, it is, call it a browser version of Jupyter Notebook. Uh, if you don't know what that is, basically it's a it's a python file but you can let's say you that you can't decide exactly what lines of code you want to run and what what uh, which ones you don't want to run so like you can create a cell and within the cell you can write certain code and then you run it and whatever you ran is stored uh and you can run it again then it's stored again and like you can like create like three or four other cells write code in there but you can decide yourself which one you're going to run and especially machine learning where you have to to do like a lot of customization or like setup of the parameters uh, it can be very helpful to like quickly go back so that you don't have to run all of the Mm -hmm. code anyways collab is or google collab is uh, a browser version of that and it is very great because you can simply install all kinds of packages very easily without trashing your own computer with bullshit packages all the time um also you can and here we get back to wget um you can simply install any documents or like any bigger data sets using wget by just um adding the the link to to the to the data set um and well, there's a free version where that is not too fast. like the the GPU that you have access to is mediocre, I guess, but it, it, it works, but it, it, it's not the fastest. However, like the pro version costs 10 euros. and if you're a student, um I would highly suggest you to talk to your university because sometimes they actually pay for it or they pay for the pro version and then you can a- have access
1: to a lot more computer power. That sounds cool, yeah. Also, um, I used uh, similar notepads notepads for uh, presentations. I think it's also super cool if you can, for example, you show someone how to... Uh, solve an equation or something and you can write a little script that does it or like visualizes it step by step and you can add text. I think you can also add yeah, markdown yeah, text can in between. Add, yeah, you can and,
0: add markdown. And yeah. plus you can, since it's, you know, since from Google, yeah, you can work uh, on one project with other people yeah. and like sh- easily share it with others uh, without having to like share the code in, in a weird way or something. Yeah. Especially if, and trust me, this has happened to me even in, during my master's, If you work with people that still don't know what Git actually is or how it works.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's honestly, like, I'm not kidding you. Like, it it was one of the, like, I'm not a big fan of doing those things online. And sometimes I I don't really trust Google at times. But that's the first thing I thought about. Like, you don't have those guys fucking up your whole Git repository every day that literally saves you 10, like, 10 hours over the course of a whole project. Like,
0: yeah absolutely because not everybody knows how to work with branching for example yep. and if everybody always works on the master branch and yep. or the main now nowadays it's called main branch actually but if everybody works there and they don't uh you know they they simply they they, they ignore uh, conflicts and stuff like that uh then it, yeah it, it becomes it's, no a fun. Fun it's it's no fun for everybody it's no, no fun at all no no been been there
1: yeah. <laughs> Dude, talking of like improving code quality, (laughs) we're just on fire today.
0: On fire, (laughs) man!
1: I promise we didn't talk about that before. But yeah, um, my next and um, second to last tool is a linter um, called ESLint. It's for JavaScript. For those who are not familiar familiar with uh, a a linter, um, a linter is a static code analysis tool. So it basically checks the written code and uh, searches for your fuck-ups, to simplify it. (laughs) Like, um, the program isn't executed. It just looks for possible errors, like flex errors, bugs, stylistic errors, and, like, weird constructs. And, yeah, ESLint is a great tool for um, doing the exact same thing on JavaScript. They also include, like, ECMAScript versions. And there are great presets by companies like Spotify or Airbnb, which... um, also help to have your code consistent. So, like, let's say Nico and I work on a project, and we can set the same. Uh, like, we can set a config file inside our repos- repository, which leads to Visual Studio Code correcting code styles. So, for example, there are those things in code. Um, at some points, it's both valid to have a trailing comma or a no trailing comma. And if one person does it one way, the other person does it the other way. It, it's just not nice to read. And it also can lead to bugs and problems. And this linter would always say, hey, in your config file, it says you need training commas. So Nico, please do them too. <laughs> and you, can't, like, you can also automate it before pushing to Git and stuff like that. It's wonderful.
0: By, by the way, uh, an alternative to that would be SonarCube. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's basically yeah. the same thing. It checks for code quality. Um, it, gives you, it, it gives you like, there are like certain sections uh, and for every section, it gives you a grade. Uh, then it gives you the code coverage percentage, so how many unit tests did you write? How yep. many? Wh- how much of the code is actually covered? Um, it uh, it plus for every single language, and it has like a ton of languages included. It has like a list of rules, yep. uh, like syntax rules uh, that you need to apply. And it, it can be it, it. Actually, for a lot of companies, it's highly important to have like good grades there for their own, you know, good. Uh, code quality. So, yeah. And also, some, definitely something worth looking into is either YesLint or, yeah. or uh, Sonar. And, and too.
1: starting it really early. I honestly do it for close to every project just because, like, you can literally use the config of a professional company like Airbnb. Why wouldn't you? So, if that's the code you maintain on your repos- repository, at, one day you go open source or maybe you write something where other people join, it's just always super nice to have it consistent in my opinion it's it's great
0: mm, i i i agree i yeah. agree
1: and so i i think i'll finish off with my last tool um yeah it's pretty simple and it's uh, not installed you can't install it Ooh. um it's just a simple calculator on the desk like, I always have one on my desk, and it might sound stupid. Yeah, you can use well from alpha. Yeah, you can Google it. But I, I think there's something about just typing something in real quick and calculating it. Um, it's a really simple one. It's like 20 bucks or something. You can convert numbers um, in like, like from decimal to hex or a decimal to a binary. And if you just need to calculate something real quick, I personally think it's super nice.
0: Can I? I I I mean I I I I don't see the big deal about the calculator to be honest. <laughs> I don't I don't care about that. I I always find uh, an alternative. Uh I I have a different question because uh when we started like when I told you about this topic about like coding tools because we called it like specifically coding tools at first. Mm-hmm. Uh you said one thing to me that was almost shocking. Uh and <laughs> you said that you're lately you're not coding a lot, if yeah. not at all. And so my question is, why? And mm-hmm. do you miss it?
1: Uh, to answer the second question first, yes, um, absolutely. When I had more time recently, um, and I did code again a little bit, I, I like immediately felt that I'm missing it. Um, coming through a reason for why, I had a really stressful last semester because um, basically due to covid I had one full semester where I could only write one exam instead of four. Uh, So I needed to do three more um, this semester and also do one semester more in like overall. So I was basically studying all the time. When that was done, I got my puppy. um, And I actually didn't really had classes this year where I needed to code. It was mostly just theoretical stuff. Um so the only thing I did in the past was uh, setting up like a new portfolio page on like with Svelte as a uh, web front end and looking a little bit into solidity uh but other than that not much
0: Okay but you you didn't completely lose it so you're you're no. still a little bit
1: in and, and like you're definitely yeah
0: having your comeback
1: soon yeah hopefully. definitely like yeah i i I mean i wrote some code during during the semester but we weren't supposed to basically to solve uh, some uh, tasks which i didn't want to do by hand so i just <laughs> i get that yeah but yeah definitely like it's not that i stopped it because i suddenly don't enjoy it anymore or something it was just like time constraint, uh which i couldn't deal with <laughs>
0: All right, I think uh, we can end it at this. Um, yeah, it was a, a it was perfect really length episode. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I, I loved it. I Had
1: a lot of fun. Same. And if you guys listening have any questions regarding some tools, or we forget to link a tool, or just anything, make sure to message us on Twitter. Uh, let us know how you like the podcast. Maybe uh, favorite it and leave a uh, recommendation also on iTunes. Maybe five stars if you think we deserve five stars. <laughs> And thank you for listening and till next week.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye.